Greetings, boys and girls. It is I, TJ, hosting tonight for Sawdust Talk. We've got a great show tonight. We've got Hadil, we've got Katerina, we've got Brayden. Uh, Going to be a really good time. Let's get everybody piled in here and get this show on the road. Mumbling, mumbling. Oh, alrighty. Let's get some cool kids in here. Maybe fix some hair. Who knows? Okay. Whoa. Oh, two at once. How can this be? Okay. First and foremost, it's Katrina like the hurricane, not Katarina. Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, we ingest a lot of Daniel Tiger around here, and okay. it's spelled the same, so that's on me. <laughs> Let's see here. Oh, good. I've been called many things. All right. No Adelia. Oh, yeah, is everybody coming in loud and clear? Oh, oh, we got wow. one more request. Let's see. Deal is here. Hey, Joel. Uh, okay, wait. Got to press that other button. You can hit go live, but you got to press the button. And are we good? Are we good? Hello. <gasps> Huzzah! Everybody is here. How's it going? I'm excited. Uh, We're going to gab and chat about power carding, carving. I want to hear everything that you have to share with us about die grinders. And uh, <laughs> Katrina is, is going to best friend out, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> So yeah, uh, let's uh, introduce ourselves real quick. I'm I'm TJ. I'm with TJT Workshop. I'm in St. Louis, so another Midwesterner over here. Um, most of my woodworking is done on a lathe. Uh, I do a little bit of metalwork, all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, Brayden, you want to go next? <laughs> Freaking lathe guys. Uh, my name is Brayden. I'm with Little Bug Woodworking. I'm in Omaha. I'm as Midwestern as it gets. Uh, and I do a little bit of everything. I got CNC, I got laser, uh, a lot of glue, you know, wing it. Hope it all works out. Katrina. I'm Katrina from the beautiful Pacific Northwest. I dabble in everything and I'm trying to learn even more. I mean, I'm a beginner, so yeah. Perfect. And I'm Hadil. I also kind of do a little bit of everything, but I'm kind of really stuck on the power carving right now. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just like learning. So I don't like doing things more than once typically, but I just like learning everything there is to learn about anything that inter interests me. So that is awesome. So we're going to start at the very beginning, we're going to go back in time into the way, way back machine. And we're going to ask <laughs> the easiest softball ever, which is how did this all start for you, you two? Go ahead, Katrina. Sorry, my dog's licking, drinking water. So I'll <laughs> let somebody else go first. <laughs> no, th this is this is for you, Miss Hidio. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, um, interestingly enough, it started kind of with I think our story is not really that unique, but it started because we didn't really have a budget. When we first got married, my husband and I didn't really have the budget for like a lot of new things. Um, so it started a lot with just thrifting old furniture and just refinishing it. I did a lot of upholstery. That's kind of where I started. And then, you know, just finding creative solutions that were more budget friendly, like wallpaper was super expensive i wanted like an accent wall this is back in like 2013 and so i stenciled a pattern on the wall um just and then for a while i actually ironically enough started a blog back in like 2016 or 15 something like that um i wrote one blog post and was like you know what i'm just too busy for this and funny enough, life just got busier, and here we are. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the, the whole woodworking stuff started 
um, also kind of randomly because my husband made a cutting board and now we know you're not supposed to be using like red oak for cutting boards, but just we he made a cutting board he was like look at this isn't this cool i made it and people are like liking it like his friends and stuff and people were asking him to make them cutting boards and then he's like why don't we just use your old blog page your old instagram account it already has like 140 people on it why don't we just we just use that and kind of just start advertising these cutting boards and I kind of like didn't want to give that up just because I always had an idea of sharing the process of how I like find creative solutions to things. I just never knew in what capacity to, to capacity to do it. And so that's when I was like, okay, well, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it together and I'm going to be part of it and this and that. So, and now I've kicked him out and now this is like my thing. That's kind of how we're, we got here. I'm convinced that anybody that doesn't say we got started because we couldn't afford real furniture, I'm convinced that anybody right. that says anything else is lying. <laughs> yeah, veterans own woodworks. So yeah, I actually met him in Chicago and one of a, we had like a market and he came up to me, he's like, I have some questions for you. <laughs> and he was just asking about like getting started on Instagram and now we chat, so. That is awesome. Awesome. Katrina, is your audio working? You, you cut out a second ago. Oh my gosh, I forgot I turned my mic back on with my dog licking its water. Sorry. Okay. Look at you with cool. the mic. No, I was Fancy. just yeah, making sure everything's working. Okay. Very cool. Uh, Braden, you got any questions for our guests this evening? And then people in the audience as well. It's really hard for us to follow along with all the stuff in the chat. So if you want to ask Hadil a question, uh, hit the little question button down in the bottom and we will do our best to get to as many of them as possible by the end of the show. And if I have to excuse myself, kids, it's because I've got a really exciting cough and some allergies going right now. So um, if you see me run away to spastically cough in the other half of the shop, just please bear with me this evening. You have a microphone too. <laughs> it's the transforming, it's the transforming black sawdust from last week yeah it's it's the uh, red oak and uh sweet gum right now yeah so you guys can't see it but there it is mountains oh, wow. <laughs> of shavings on my, my floor i did a, a great big 19 inch piece and a 16 inch piece a couple days ago and i just haven't scooped it up yet sounds like my garage <laughs> I'd like to know where the name came from. So we actually started as like Four Rivers Den, I think. I don't know. My So my husband is, is a historian. And he had a, he was telling me about, like, at first we're like, should we do like, you know, something with more like a woodworking name or whatever. And we're like, no, because our vision is a little bit bigger than just being like a woodworking, you know, little business you know we kind of just had a broader vision like a long-term vision that was a little bit more broad than that and so we were just coming up with like different names here and there and then he was telling me about a story of like the first ottoman sultan who, sultan who had like this vision or this dream where he had fallen asleep and from his chest like came a giant tree and from the tree four rivers started flowing and it basically ended up expanding into like the empires that became the ottoman empire and granted like that's his focus his focus of study and all that i am not great with history and i probably butchered butchered the story but i immediately loved it because i was like okay i like it because it's like kind of like that vision, that dream of going, of becoming something larger. Because at that point, we were just selling very mediocre cutting boards with that we'd made. Like they were bad. The first, the first few were horrible. And if you're out there and you've gotten one of the first few, just ignore it. <laughs> I'm not gonna promise that we'll reimburse you because we can't afford to do that. But. Um, Oh God, my husband just joined. I'm sure he'll have Hi. some things to Hi, say. Hi, Ross. 
yeah but anyway so that's that's kind of how i was like well i like that let's like it mediocre <laughs> the first one's not just mediocre they were bad like, like, like the end greens stuff they like the end greens you know where we can just like clamp them super hard and like just we didn't mill anything properly we're like we didn't have a planer anyway that, that was like a long time ago we're so much better now but <laughs> but yeah that, anyway, the idea of the like four river, rivers extending to what became eventually the Ottoman Empire, which is one of the largest empires. Not that I think we'll be anywhere near that, but just the idea of like growing into something larger in the future and kind of not really knowing, like it doesn't necessarily mean that we know exactly where we want this to go and like what direction we want to take it. But I just knew that we wanted to do something more than just like sell cutting boards. I think that's the most in-depth name that we've heard. Everybody else is like first name, <laughs> last name, workshop. I love that so. story. That, I mean, that's, that's good. Really cool. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> but it was going to go to Weezer something, Weezer Studio, wasn't that? Oh, God. Four <laughs> Weezers. You got to tell I hate Weezer, the group, the band, so much. And that's like a big point of contention in our marriage because he thinks they're great. And they are not the their best album was like a cover album. So, <laughs> what does that say about a band when the their best music is not even original to them? Anyway, <laughs> came on my my radio the other day, and I was like, I "Oh, I know about this band." I literally hate that everybody that now like that follows us every time they hear anything with Weezer or see Weezer reels and stuff they immediately send it to us because like the idea that people associate weezer, weezer with us is like it kind of hurts my soul a little bit but anyway moving on from weezer before yeah, I get we're just gonna know you as um let it, the, let it seller, out. the best um salt seller maker what was that we're gonna know you now is the best salt seller oh sure i'll take it <laughs> no you've got a couple of really fun tricks in your reels that like you, you do spend a little bit of time explaining but like using your drill press as a spindle sander for oh, yeah. a handful of, of different things that's uh that's a pretty clutch move uh making your own sort of micro lathe lathe using abrasives using drills and your different rotary tools that's I really want to leave. That's my that's that's been something on my list since we first started. And for some reason, that's the one thing that kind of like intimidates me because I feel like it intimidates me and also like makes me kind of excited to, to try it out because I feel like that will I will kind of laser focus on that. And I mean, like I've seen people do incredible things with lathes and especially some of my friends that do carving will combine those two things. And I actually did, I did a woodworking class at the Chicago School of Woodworking. And um, I was talking to some of the turners there and they were like, you need to take this class because you're gonna, you're, when you combine your, your carving with your turning, they're like, you're gonna be unstoppable. And I'm like, thanks, give me a scholarship because it's expensive. But um, I eventually wanna learn it, but again, I'm just, there's so much that we need to do to improve our workspace as it is. I feel like we kind of, when we started, things kind of started rolling pretty quickly that instead of kind of thinking, like bringing in tools thoughtfully, designing them or designing our workspace thoughtfully, we kind of just like had an explosion of tools and it's just a giant mess. There's no workflow in our garage. It's, 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 it's a mess. Because a lot of our profits, we kind of just put right into just tools, like upgrading our tools. We went from like a Ryobi table saw to then the Delta, and now we have a saw stop. And it was all just money that we made from the business. Um, same with like Sanders, like we started with the Ryobi, we had um, the Makita, then we upgraded to the Fest tool. Like granted, I look at these tools and I'm like, oh my God, we are spoiled. 
but like all of that, all of the money that we made from the business, we kind of just invested in better tools because it makes, it does, it makes a difference. I mean, you could do a lot with like cheaper tools, but when you start using like the fancy ones, you're like, man, this would have changed things if we like, you know, mastered the, the mastered the tool. Right. I yeah. mean, at first we had to master knowing how to like mill lumber properly. That should have been our first step, but you know, you learn. <laughs> Something I want to learn is how to mill properly. Oh, no, I feel like after that was the nice thing about making cutting boards is that like, granted we're both super sick of it just because we made so many in those first two years. Um, and it's fun and it's like, you could get really creative with it, but I feel like, the biggest thing that we took away from it was you kind of like really understood how to proper properly mill lumber. And if you don't do it properly, especially with like end greens, you see the difference in quality in your boards and like the long, the longevity. And so, I mean, it, it helped us learn kind of those basic techniques, but also things like what does a proper glue up look like? Like how much is too much glue? How much is too little glue? How much clamping pressure do you need? Um, all these things are things that we learn just from make, making like end grain cutting boards. I want to learn to do that this summer is how to make a cutting board. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun. But then you, you realize like there, it's an easy product to sell. And so you kind of get sucked into like, and that's kind of like where we are now. I, I said, I would never make another salt seller like after last year. I remember just because I made so many of them for markets like that was always like the first thing to, to go but it's like you always get like I've been trying to get back to the passion projects and I keep getting sucked into like oh but we need the money this month so like let, let me make a bunch of things that I know will sell that's a smart yeah. thing yeah it's is there anything that you guys do like that you focus on in terms of making or do you just uh, um no because you know my adhd i'm just walking around my shop and go oh i should do that same <laughs> i don't really have like today's prompt for makers made for makers the method to my madness there is no method i should just stare at the camera and say this is my I method saw... to my madness just stare at the camera I recorded something, but I uh, I did strongly consider just putting up the camera, hitting record, <laughs> and then just like yelling for as long as possible because that's. I mean, that's, that's what it. a lot of us are doing, so, and yeah. we're not recording it, but a lot of us are doing that. Like, that's how a lot of us are feeling too if we're not do doing it on camera. But like, I go yeah. out there sometimes and I'm just like, I came out here to do one thing, and then I got distracted by something else. Like the other night, I went out there to clean like to make space for something and um i actually got some hand planes from a friend he literally handed me a, just a giant bag of hand planes at we at work bunch con and everybody Aww. was like who is that and i was like i pretended i didn't know who he was i was like some guy just gave me a bag of tools but yeah i spent like an hour just like sharpening the blade like and i'm like man this is not it was not the time for this like yeah, but it was fun, and you got to you got to play sharpening ninja, right? Which is awesome, right? And then, and right. do you feel like now you you have a grasp on sharpening, well, or is well, it still a mystery? So that's the thing when it comes to like when I like learn things, I don't just like oh let me learn it a little bit, like let me get obsessive about it, get all the the like gather all the material I can about it, read the books, watch the videos. I bought like the Lost Art Press, um, uh, Sharpen This. There's like a little book called Sharpen This and it came with like a companion video. I watched every series of the video. Like when I was at work and there was downtime, which doesn't happen often, I would just like be like, okay, so this is what I got to do, which makes no sense when you're sitting in a hospital doing that instead of like being in the garage and like actually being able to practice what you're watching. But I just get obsessive over like how to do how, like A to Z. What can I learn about this thing? And then how can I apply it? 
And so that's why I honestly sometimes don't get very far in like the projects I want to get really into because again, uh, I just kind of obsess over small details and I just lose my train of thought. <laughs> I totally feel that. And also, can we give a quick shout out to Lost Art Press? Somebody mentioned them in the chat or something. I just recently got the stick chair book from Chris Schwartz. Yeah. And it's, it is poetry. It is, it is a love letter to furniture making. If you guys haven't read it, it's like 600 pages of a man's love for chairs and plans to make like 14 different ones. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm currently obsessed with this book and enjoying it a ton. So um, if you guys haven't read any of the Lost Art Press books, they're really cool. They're all really good. They're all really good. I have a few of them. Again, I just read them like whenever I get a chance. I don't read. I know this. This sounds horrible. I don't read often, but when I do, what I do, it's usually those books. <laughs> Katrina, have you have, you had a chance to field a question yet from down there? Are you? No, but I can. You're under here. Okay. I can. Um. Let's just say. Oh, oh I, I didn't mean from down in the question okay. box. I just what what's on your mind? I, I don't think we've we've had you ask a question yet. No, we've been having I, too much, much fun. I just dote over her because she is like so freaking funny. Like in her stories, in her reels, her humor <laughs> is mad is badass. I love it. Thanks. Make me no. smile, Hadil. I'm very uncomfortable. I know. <laughs> I would. I was really uncomfortable when I did the live with these guys. I felt like I no, I'm not uncomfortable. I just don't like like compliments. Just oh. like, really okay. So you're a bitch. Thanks. No, be quiet. You're That's welcome. what I want to hear. Okay. Thanks. Sorry, Todd. <laughs> Sorry, Chad. I swore. It's okay. You're immediately forgiven, and 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 we are all grown ups here, and it's after yeah. ten. So right. If if curse words offend you, and you're up after ten. Talk to your parents about it. Right. Uh, Brayden, I cut you off earlier. Oh, I was just going to say there. there's a couple of questions that kind of tied into just some things that you had mentioned. Um, one is a burning question from Dobbs Design Co. that says, what's your favorite oh part God. of being an influencer? Using the influencer voice, of course. I love starting each day by being like, hey, guys, um, and discussing my outfit because it's always, like, totally chic and beautiful. Um, and, like, linking it in my bio, dropping affiliate links. It's my favorite thing about being in it. Being paid so much money to influence <laughs> so much money i've made zero dollars as an influencer but uh, yeah anyway i <laughs> get ready with me i yeah. think you should get sponsored by a company that makes a lathe because of the the human humor that you guys have i doubt that's what they're looking for but <laughs> uh, i mean i'd watch it i think you'd have a blast you i mean yeah ever... i'd have a blast because i'd have a free lathe but you know <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, if you guys want to leave, you know, the relative safety of Chicago and, and head down into St. Louis where it's safer, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get you guys lessons. We'll, we'll, we'll stab steel into spinning wood. Honestly, St. Louis is not that far. We've driven there before. It's nice. Yeah. We've been no, to my brother's in uh, Highland Park up there, so I'm up in Chicago all the time. Highland Park that's north. Oh, yeah, I know where that is. Yeah, north suburbs right, up there. Suburbs. I used to work near there. So what do you do full-time? I'm, I'm, well, I'm making the assumption that you, you I work at something a, else. I work at do. an ICU in the city. Um, so I actually am not full-time anymore. I do part-time. So it's three nights a week. It's anywhere between like three to two to three nights a week, depending on if it's 12 hour shift or an eight hour shift, but I'm doing 24 hours a week. Yeah, 24 hours a week, which when you're working night shift, you're working basically into two days, which is not fun. I, 
I'm very sleep deprived most days, but I mean, it's nice because then we save on childcare. I don't miss those days from working in ICU and not getting sleep. You know, you got to do what you got to do. No, I know. I know. <laughs> and which is it's another reason why, I mean, this whole woodworking thing kind of came in, like it came in really handy in like 2020 when things were just really dark. Um, I started, so that's kind of, that's, that's when we kind of started, okay, let's get into the Etsy and let's get into that, which we're no longer on Etsy, but, um, it was kind of like when we were home and like home together and we weren't seeing my family, we weren't seeing friends, obviously everything was shut down and stuff. And it was like, we still didn't know anything about it. And I was like working with COVID patients. So I was trying to be very careful about who I was interacting with just because I was scared. Like, what if I were to expose somebody to something and whatever I had uh, like a, a baby at the time, like I went back, uh, I completed my maternity leave right into the pandemic, but like, it was just a really difficult time. And the, whole woodworking thing was a really nice relief from that because we would just kind of be like okay let's configure these different kinds of hardwoods and like see what kind of pattern we could come up with the design process was fun the discovering what kind of products we wanted to like make together was fun just like putting all that stuff together was just it was such such a nice relief from like being at work and just always being stressed out and anxious um, or even just being anxious at home. Like, Oh my God, what's my next shift going to be like? Like, what am I going to see in my next, the next time I'm at work, what's my assignment going to be like? Cause we were also super short staffed, you know, there was like the shortages with the PPE and all that. So there was a lot, there was a lot going on at the time. So the, the whole business thing really helped kind of offload a lot of that. But yeah, I'm a nurse. That was a really long-winded answer for I'm a nurse. <laughs> um, well, I mean, it's funny. So I'm not a nurse, uh, disclaimer, but I'm a travel nurse recruiter and I went through mm -hmm. COVID on that side working with nurses and I picked up woodworking mm -hmm. at the same time that it sounds like you did to distract me from my connection to the hospital. Right. So. So if you I've ever want to travel, thought about it so many times, especially because of like how much they get paid to travel, especially during the time of COVID. But I kept saying like, if anything were right. to happen to me while I'm traveling away from my family, just because I was like wanting a contract that made more money and I'm away from my family because of that. And if anything were to happen to me, say in whatever, like one of these states, I would feel like I would feel horrible. And even though, like, obviously it's for my family and stuff, but yeah, travel and nursing sounds fun, but maybe when I'm still 90 and at the bedside, still paying off my student loans. <laughs> yeah. So I noticed that you guys use a whole lot of exotics in your carving and stuff like that. Do you guys right. have a supplier up in the Chicago area that makes that affordable or does that just sort of translate to pricey good? We... Yeah, I, it both. So I mean, it's not it's never cheaper. Um, but because of the different qualities of some of these exotics, you could price them a lot higher. And like, for example, one of our most popular products in 2020 was the end grain black limba boards. Um, and then we realized at first we were pricing them super low just because we're like, you know, like we don't you know, like who's going to buy a cutting board for a hundred dollars, you know, but then we realized, okay, for this to make sense for us to be buying this exotic wood and, you know, for it to actually be profitable, we need to be pricing it right. So we realized like our black limbo boards, they were so unique. The end grain, especially like the face grain is whatever it's cool and stuff but the beauty of black limba is in the end grain which is why i also really enjoy carving it is that the end grain gives you such beautiful and unique patterns like it's almost painted and people saw how unique it was and also when we were on etsy we realized like nobody was making making a similar product 
And we noticed that like, no matter how high we priced it without, you know, getting to the point where we were like exploitative, um, no matter how high we priced it, people bought it because it was such a unique product. Um, and uh, so that's the only way that we were able to buy exotics is by making it worth it, like making a product that was worth selling at a, at a, a little bit of a higher price point. I'll have to look it up. I don't think I've ever seen Black Limba unless I've seen it in stories. We used to get, yeah, we used to get tagged all the time. Me. Like, oh my God, we found this Black Limba and we're going to try to make an ungrain like for River Studio. And we're like, it's not anything new. It's just like if you made an ungrain board, it's the same, same concept. But like the way you kind of book match Black Limba, like the book match from the ungrain, it just creates these like, we had patterns that looked like mountains. We had patterns that looked like it was, it's not, and it's not, nothing that we did spe like special with it. It's just like such a unique wood and it was so beautiful. Yeah. I know. I wish it wasn't so soft either. Uh, somebody said that they wish it wasn't so soft. So we never advertise it as like a butcher block the way we do our, our other end ring boards. We usually call it kind of like a charcuterie board or display board. Um, because because it's so soft, we don't tell people like, oh yeah, I would use this as a chopping board. But do you do you work with a lot of exotics while you're turning? Um, it's sort of hit or miss. Okay. I really like wood that's free, mm -hmm. and one of the cool things about turning is that like trees blow over all the time, and you can use green wood to make bowls, which is the majority of what I do. Um, I'm lucky enough that we have a, a pretty big distributor of exotics here in St. Louis called the Exotic Wood Zone. Um, they have another right. warehouse out in, in California. And so I can get big chunks of cool stuff at prices that are, I would say, better than some of your other big name wood stores. Right. But I like to turn big projects and I feel like paying $400 for a a piece of rosewood right. that's 16 inches across would be like a lot right before my effort and my tools go into it that, so that's that's the nice thing about like smaller turning smaller things like the nice thing about these salt cellars was that i would go to woodcraft or rockler and get these blanks that were on clearance and i'm like well what else am i going to do with them small bowl that's nice like a catch-all for rings or whatever but like i just the salt cellars was kind of an accident but yeah it worked out i'm so excited again <laughs> sean on here said that the last exotic he used was tried to kill him i think it was if i remember correctly it was leopard wood and i guess he's like allergic to it oh no right i'm pretty sure i'm allergic to something and i haven't figured out what it was what it is yet but like my eyelids have been swollen for it's better now because i'm like religiously taking claritin and zyrtec and because i have a cat that i'm allergic to <laughs> but um <laughs> but but yeah i mean it's it's getting better it's just i'm trying to figure out what it is i'm allergic to i have a question so when you're carving um, do you have that full peat mask thing? I do. Too. Yeah. Do you like that? Um, yes, because I noticed that with power carving, um, it's really difficult to, with the like regular eye protection, mm -hmm. it's such fine dust and it goes everywhere that I can't stop it from like flying over the, like the regular glass glasses. Mm -hmm. So I like the big, I have like a 3M face shield mask combination thing. And um, it's nice because like I cover from, like it covers from here and it creates a seal all the way down. Um, and it's funny cause I, everybody asks, like I don't have to wear my scarf at home. Like if there's nobody around, if there's nobody like, you know, if I'm just with my family, I don't have to wear my scarf. And people ask me, okay, so when you're not filming, do you wear your scarf out there? And I'm like, I still do because the few times that I've like carved or done anything without it, the, the feeling of like sawdust on my neck just drives me crazy that 
I still I still wear everything and then the the full face shield kind of like covers everything so that I'm not having anything fly into my eyes too especially like the angle grinder that thing generates so much sawdust and there's it's so difficult to contain it's so difficult so hard to wear a mask and goggles I would rather have that full face thing that you have Christy, Christy did suggest a couple years ago that I get like the NICU baby thing and work in there. But I tried to make kind of like a makeshift one. And granted, I was carving, I was carving alabaster. So it created just like a big powder of like white dust. And I couldn't see what I was doing. I felt like I had no control. I'm like, this is dangerous. I have a like a little Dremel carving like really close to my other hand and I don't know what I'm doing. Like I can't see what I'm doing. So I was like, whatever. That. (laughs) So you mentioned carving with an angle grinder a minute ago. Uh Do you have favorite discs? I've seen your reel talking about a handful of the burrs, but I have one that I want to also turn you on to after you tell us a little bit about them. Which the burrs or the, the discs, the carving discs? Both. I know that you have the ArborTech ball now also. I love that thing. Um, I honestly, it really just depends on what I'm doing. ArborTech has great tools, but it's there's a little bit more of a learning curve because the angle really matters um, because it's not like it's not your traditional like grinding, like uh, the carving discs and the burrs and stuff. It's more like shaving. It's more cutting. So if you put it at the wrong angle, you have some serious kickback. Um, so, but I do like it because it's less sanding. It's significantly, significantly less sanding. Um, and also it doesn't create like, you know, like when you're carving, no matter how fine of a carving disc you're using, you're still basically like you have to sand starting with at least like an 80 grit sandpaper. And that initial sanding is usually what takes forever. So if you can prevent some of that, it saves you a huge amount of time. So I do like the ArborTech stuff. If I'm trying to like, for example, the bowls are really nice. Um, like the the, the turbo plane is really great to flatten things out. Even not even just. <laughs> gosh. I knew these these jokes. Like I hate talking about angle grinders and die grinders because there's so many. Michael Scott jokes that could be said, but, but but anyway, um, there's so many good things about the ArborTech, uh, discs because it leaves the wood really smooth, but Christy, (laughs) (laughs) Sean, can we kick Sean out of this chat, please? But, but yeah, I mean, with like a die grinder, (laughs) A die grinder and an angle grinder, you're going to have like the carving discs are going to kind of leave like almost like a fuzziness to the wood that you're going to have to start from pretty like an 80 grit and go all the way up. And like it takes the I would say the carving usually takes me 20 minutes, depending on how like those little salt cellars took me. I could carve a whole pattern in like five minutes. The standing is going to take me a lot longer than that. So, yeah, and uh, start working on a lathe, and instead of having to move your hand in an electric tool, the wood spins, and you just stand there looking cool. But so, my 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 thing with the lathe is that, like, how do you carve? Like, how do you carve something like? I don't know. How would you carve a pattern into something with a lathe? So much like my girl Khalees and her milkshakes, I can teach you. <laughs> but I'd have to charge. <laughs> I like that. Good God. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, a lot of the lathes are indexable. And so if you want to do things in, in various ways around it, but also you can take the piece off and put it back on again, too, which is another thing that some of the cool kids do. Um, if you want to really get your mind blown, uh, get, everybody get your pencils out. Uh, Derek Weidman is the name the guy i swear is the nikola tesla next generation is from another planet with the stuff that he does on the lathe derek weidman he's out of uh pennsylvania 
Um, They're always either on the East Coast or West Coast. He, he's literally from the future. Okay. I, I, I will sing his praises. And when you look at his work, it is... Thanks, Trey. It's unreal. It, it is the coolest stuff. Sorry, I'm, I'm blushing because I, I just love his stuff I'm so gonna, much. But I need to get his... Um, I'm not going to remember it, but I, if you... I will send it, it to you after the show, after I tell you how great of a job you did, because you're doing super. He's so awesome. Oh, sorry. Question. I have a question, actually. Okay. Do you guys feel like, like, where do you draw your inspiration from, from, like, when you're working on a project? Like, where does it usually come from? Is it something that you just are trying to figure out how to do, or is it something that, like, you know, you go in with a plan, or... Okay. Okay. Uh, I will field this one first. So because the majority of what I make is bowls, uh -huh. right? I normally start with a log. Okay. And so I take the log and I, I cut it into a half log, much like if you were trying to safely cut a hot dog for a little kid, not rounds, but mm -hmm. semicircles, right? The hot dog slice as it were. Um, and so based on what I can get, from that log, the wood starts telling me what it can and can't be. And I know that that sounds kind of silly, but then there are other embellishments and things that now that I've turned enough, I know what to look for on the log. And I got a friend who gives me a really hard time about having x-ray vision because I can kind of have a pretty good idea of what the inside of the log is going to look like before I get there. And then right. I try to pursue that from where I am, right? But every once in a while, I'll see somebody who does like a cool pattern or an embellishment or something that I hadn't seen before. And then I, I try to do that. And then I normally mess it up. And then I get something really cool by trying to recover from having messed it up. So do you feel like with turning, do you feel, cause I feel like with carving, the wood could tell you something, but you can be like, okay, but I, I could choose to listen or I could choose to ignore you. And it's, it's possible to ignore what's going on with the wood and just like, do what you want. Yeah, like, ab absolutely. I mean, sometimes you just put it on the machine and get crazy. Like, like it's, it's, it's definitely not all planned out. Right. There are some days where it's like, let's just get hectic, put a, put the face plate on, get a piece of wood on there and do something. Right. So, I mean, that's real too. I have to say Drake, said that she gets inspiration by other people and I, I would have to say, say the same way for me um instead of trying to repeat everybody's other work excuse me i'm trying to want to learn how to do other things like the cutting boards and yeah i feel like i get from other people but it's almost never woodworkers and i try to like stay away from like watching too closely like what other power carvers for example are doing um just because i even though like some of them are really good friends of mine now but i just don't want to be too like stuck on what they're doing and just by accident just kind of doing the same thing or doing something similar like i want to do something completely like i want to go in a di direction like for me for example like i think pottery like people who do pottery and ceramics and stuff, I see things that they make and I'm like, I want to carve that into wood. Um, I saw somebody that did like yarn, like some kind of like a big yarn thing, like an art piece with yarn. And I was like, I want to carve that into wood. You know? I, is he okay? <laughs> no, I'm I'm convinced that all that sawdust is also mold and that whole like x-ray vision thing he was talking about i think he's <laughs> no, just reading actually, in the spores hey, and he's just high all the time sense, since we have christy and hadil in here being <laughs> nurses and that's christy what my guess would be too and i'm not a nurse that's funny i mean i wouldn't have come to that conclusion i'm not a, i was gonna say i'm not a great nurse but i don't want to say that on a lie uh, um, you are a fantastic nurse because you wouldn't be in ICU if you weren't. You know, I actually know several ICU nurses who probably shouldn't be nursing altogether, but 
I, I am I am a good nurse and I could say that confidently now that after eight years. <laughs> Hi, Jesse. Well, the time right now, boys and girls, is ten forty six and we've got at least nine questions in the chat box okay. down there. Fire, uh, what's it do, called? Rapid fire? Uh, yeah, essentially. <laughs> um, Braden and, and Katrina, can you guys both see yep. the questions? Yep. Oh my God, I can I ask the first question. Are you ready? I am pre prepared. Are you pre prepared, Hadil? Oh, sure, yeah. Okay, so what thoughts do you have regarding correlating Ottoman sultans with Weezer <laughs> albums? I think Cancel. Next. Next. Two would be Pinkerton, <laughs> obviously. Next. <laughs> you can't. can't That's her head. You can't. But it's an inside joke. I don't. No, I don't think this, so. I think that this, this is, is not a valuable, valuable question. real question that we should answer. I wouldn't even know how to answer something about Ottomans and Weezer, like both topics. One topic that I don't know much about, the other one that I do not care to know about. That's why I picked it. Sometimes you sit. Sometimes you sit on an ottoman when you're <laughs> when I'm wheezing from my asthma. But continue. <laughs> Go ahead, so, Braden. We touched on this earlier uh, in the show, but uh, would you like to remind the audience real quick about your uh, full-time, part-time jobs a, and uh, influencer and fancy pantsiness? I would not call myself an influencer at all if we're speaking non-ironically. Um, right, but your pants are fancy. Am I? Your I mean, I'm wearing sweats, but okay. Um, I'm an ICU nurse. I have two small children, and I try to cram in woodworking every every now and then for as long as I can. <laughs> I'm going to grab the only question that doesn't have the word influencer I out can of the four. Guess who asked uh, the other influencer <laughs> questions? Kyle wants to know what your favorite thing to make is. Oh, that's no. It's salt salad. I literally man. don't have a favorite thing to make because I, like I said earlier, I don't usually like to make things more than once. Um, I really enjoy joinery. Like I really enjoy, like I've been practicing a lot. Like it's, it's, difficult to find time for it because I'm not great at it. Like I'm not confident enough where I'm like making content out of it or anything, but I really enjoy um, like furniture pieces that require joinery, like good joinery. So um, I don't have a th favorite thing to make. I'm actually working on a really fun project that's going to kind of take a long time, but that's, my favorite thing to look forward to. Okay, next question. Follow-up follow up question. What would you qualify as a good joinery versus a well, not good joinery? Where's the line? It depends on, it depends on, it depends on what you're sponsors. making it, what you're making and what space you're making it for. I wasn't going to say anything about pocket holes because pocket holes have their place. Yes. I think do. like if I'm making shop furniture, I'm not going to spend hours cutting dovetails. Like, come on. That's just, That's I mean, you so could, strong. you could if yeah, you want. Think about how good you'd be at doing dovetails if you just built shop furniture you know, with them. What? He said as sarcastically <laughs> as possible. I'm a pocket person so no shame and 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 think about how long it would take you to actually have a functional shop especially when you're doing this part-time <laughs> with kids and jobs do that's it for a, the craft that's gonna, says that's Sean. Gonna be the new marketing that's gonna be the new marketing campaign of craig why cut dovetails when there's mm -hmm. pocket holes so do you want to you know what drives me crazy too never mind that we're not going to talk about pocket holes dovetails it's fine it's all joinery look if you have a piece of furniture that you need to make make it however suits your fancy is that how you, that how you say Ooh. that i don't know but chrissy's got a good question i feel like we could really feel like we could really I, you up about pocket holes right look, now like i feel I like we're right on a furniture line. in my home that i use pocket holes for because i agree 
I just needed to get it done. Uh, my miter station is made with pocket holes. My drill press station is made with pocket holes. They have their time and place. It's fine. It's fine, guys. I need to build a drill press station. This giant island in the middle of my shop that my lathe sits on is made with mostly pocket holes. There you holes. go. So do you guys want to ask her another question? Yes, ask all the questions. Uh, so Christine would, Christy, would you ever consider creating an e-course for beginners looking to learn about carving? Oh, absolutely. I was actually just like looking up the logistics of how to do that the other day. Like I'm seriously considering doing that because I mean, this is my gripe with woodworking in general is like you have these concepts that like a lot of these established woodworkers think are like known to everybody. And it's just like when you're coming, I remember like watching some of these YouTubers back in like 2014, 2015 and being like, I really want to make this thing and I really want to use this tool. And every time I go to these videos, they're starting at like they're starting at a level that they think like everybody has this universal knowledge and you I don't feel like I have that universal knowledge and I can't find anything that discusses like this is a tool called this because that like starting from the very basics and that's honestly like it, it's it kind of messes with your head a little bit like this is something that everybody's in on everybody's aware of and, and I'm coming into this like the new kid on the block like who do I think I am that I, I could even get to this level or whatever? So to me, I feel like had I had the proper direction back in like 2015, like I bought my first router probably in 2014 and I never opened it because I was so intimidated by it. And like everybody that would talk about it would just you talk about like horsepower and RPMs. And I'm like, huh? Like what? tell me what a router does. Like it's called a router because you have a rotating bit, you know, just like basic things. And so when I think about approaching a course, I, I really am passionate about teaching because I, I think of, I think, and I know this is kind of going on a tangent, but I feel like I have a very unique audience too, because I never really, my intention was never really to cater to other woodworkers like a lot of the people that express interests are not woodworkers. They are housewives who really just want to craft. They are, you know, just younger people who just want something new to try. They're somebody that wants to, is artistic and wants to try their hand at designing something, but they don't know the basics of like, how do I get into power carving? Like what tools do I need and stuff? So it's because of that, keeping that in mind it always kind of reminded me like no if you're going to do something like that you're starting at the very basic like the very basic so yeah short answer yes Brian, Brandon, do you want to ask another question i really like this question uh and since we're running out of time i'm gonna ask it before i run out uh what what prize Project or what part of your journey in like this maker space what is the thing that you were most proud of accomplishing or most proud of creating or oh, it's a very man. open question it's this is a hard one because there's not like one thing that stands out for me I think it's like a mindset thing because I feel like I'm just finally getting to the point where I'm just realizing like who cares do what you want you know like i feel like i always was like oh i'm not good enough to like i've never felt like i fit in with the makers i never felt like i fit in with the woodworkers like the fine woodworkers and never felt like i fit in with the artists and i'm like you know i'm just a category of my own and so everybody's just a category of their own like i don't need to fit into a space a niche of what a group you know and not to say that like people are not kind and amazing and like inclusive and all this and it's not that it's just it was me it was a me thing i just so for me it's like this mentality shift of like literally recently where i'm like you know what i'm kind of gonna be a category of my own and just 
do the things that make me happy and do what I want to do. And also like, I've been talking about a random assortment of stuff on my Instagram page. Like some of it has nothing to do with woodworking and, or just like as my, about my experience in this space and stuff. So there's been such a positive, like I've been more so about telling my story because I feel like so many more people could benefit from me telling my story rather than just being like, I need this and I need that. And it's, I feel like it's really resonated with people over the last few weeks. And I feel like I just found that shape, that shift. Um, but yeah, like it took me a whole year to cut, to make a console table that had like mortise and tenon joinery that like I, I cut and stuff. And it was like, it was such a proud moment when I finished it, but, but like I had to get to mind shift to where I started to be feeling proud of it. Cause for the longest time, I just thought like, oh my God, I can't believe it took me a year. Forgetting that in that year, I still had my small children with no childcare. I still had a job. I still like was learning new concepts. And it was just like a learning process. And I, I got, got so much out of it. So for me, it's like just a mental shift. That's like the thing that I've been more focused on that I'm like looking forward to, to kind of staying in a, in a positive mindset not just like being down on myself, like, oh my God, I'm not as good as so-and-so and blah, blah, I blah. Stop doing that. It sucks. Right. There's it's so easy to fall into. It's so easy to fall into because there's so many talented people on this app and it's like, we don't know where there's way that, where they started. We don't like, we're comparing our journey to like people that have been doing this for years and years that have like more resources and yeah. Yeah. I like it. Let the haters hate be rad. Just do what you want. Yeah. If, if at any point social media becomes like, like if you start counting your likes and your followers and like, it doesn't, it's not fun anymore. Like step away. I, I did like last year I was not posting consistently like towards the end of the year because I was just like sick of it. Like I was just bored. And now I'm just like having fun with it again. I'm like, whatever, I'm going to post this. I don't care if it does well. I don't care if it does poorly. I like it. So I'm going to post it. I agree, Christy. She said the best thing about social media is the relationship it has allowed us to form. Except the relationship with Christy. She's been terrorizing me ever since I met her. Does that mean that you have a, a real fan? Who, Christy? Yeah. Um, yeah, she is a fan, but it's like weird. It's like she's like stalker or something. She sends me weird DMs, like voice notes all the time. She won't stop talking to me in my DMs. And like sometimes she uses weird accents. I, I feel really <laughs> See, you make me smile. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, that is awesome. Okay, so the t time is now 10.59. That means that you have one minute to give us one more nugget of motivational talking to remind us that we need to go out, kick open the doors to our shops, make something awesome. And uh, yeah, what do you got for us? Just have fun. Just ask a lot of questions. I, I, there's so many people in this chat that I've like bothered at like 3am and like sent them a message because I'm at work thinking about it, forgetting that everybody else is asleep. Like, Sean, can you can you teach me how to do this? Like Christy, what do you think I should do about that? Like so many people in the DMS are like use social media to your advantage. Don't, you know, don't take anything personally. Like nothing is personal on social media. Just, you know, be kind. I don't know. Amen, sister. A deal for president. Oh, oh no. Deal for president. Indeed. Oh no. No, thanks. Okay, cool kids. Time is now 11 o'clock. That means that we must adjourn our meeting of the Sawdust Talkers. Hadil, this was awesome. Katrina, thank you for being awesome. Braden, excuse me, as I gasp for air. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for being awesome. Uh, we will see you all. Same bad time, same bad channel. Uh, I bid you adieu. Good evening. Thank you. And, you uh, Thank you, yeah. guys. We'll Bye. see you. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, I forgot. Everybody, before you start leaving, there's a little carrot up here. He said gasping for air. If you tap it, 
you can follow Hadil and all the other cool kids on the show super quick. So it's it's right here. Just just tap that. Follow, uh -huh. don't follow. Do what you want. Don't feel compelled to follow. No, do you must you feel compelled. I am the Lord and Master. Compelled um, to follow. No. Do, do your thing, boys and girls. We will uh, <laughs> we'll catch you next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. Good night. Good night. Bye.